welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. Today is May 13th, 2020, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, today we are releasing a sermon that was preached by my dear brother, Pastor Raphael Kajubi, for our Altar 84 Orphan Care Conference, our Global Orphan Care Network Conference. We will be releasing this on June 1st. So I hope you enjoy listening to my brother, Raphael Kajubi, preach from Ephesians 2 on gospel fidelity. But before we hear Pastor Raphael, I did want to tell you just a little bit more about Lifeline's Global Orphan Care Network, which we are calling Altar 84. And Altar 84 exists to pray, network, share ideas, and encourage one another globally as we do the work that God has called us. The gospel of Jesus is our primary focus. And through the outflowing of the gospel, we care for vulnerable children and families around the world. We want to empower the local church and community to care for the fatherless and invest in sustainable solutions that will end the cycle of vulnerable children. We seek to care holistically for children and their physical, emotional, spiritual, and social needs. And through this work, stories of redeemed lives, of lives that have been transformed, and the gospel being made manifest are shared amongst our global partners as we come together on behalf of the orphan, but most importantly, on behalf of the gospel. And so we want to ask you, will you join us in making the name of Jesus known by caring for vulnerable children and families around you and around the world? If you or your church would love to get involved in Lifeline's global care network called Alter 84, you can visit lifelinechild.org backslash G-O-C-N. Again, that's lifelinechild.org backslash G-O-C-N. And this sermon, as well as others, will be released at a release party on June 1st. And so we'd love to get as many churches engaged with the Global Orphan Care Network, or Alter 84. Now with that, I hope you enjoy this first message from the Global Orphan Care Network, Alter 84, released by my brother, Pastor Raphael Kajibi. Dear friends, uh, my name is Pastor Raphael Kajubi, pastor here at King Jesus Church, Busega. It's a Kampala suburb, and uh, here in Uganda were looking so forward to our time together in Ukraine. Uh, it's been a singular honor and a delight the last, over the last 10 years to, uh, for us here at King Jesus Church to partner and work together with Lifeline, especially to reach some of the most vulnerable uh, children of our community here in our community who are the deaf and blind and um, one of the things I've missed greatly uh, coming to be together face to face in Ukraine is to miss uh, the privilege of being able to share with you all different partners together and share with you how watching the transformation that is going on in the life of these children, in the life of their families, in the life of our King Jesus Church family has been uh, such a tremendous encouragement and I thought there was going to be a privilege to be able to share this face-to-face during our retreat time in Ukraine. I'm very, very aware, though, <clears throat> that we all, just as Alan and me missed that, we all missed that dearly, as well as I'm aware of uh, the struggles right now, the struggles going on, especially when we all don't know 
exactly what is to come after this COVID-19 situation. I pray for each one of you, as I know many of you are praying for me as well, that God's word and God's truth will be our comfort. In fact, as it has done to me this morning, I thought we, I can use this opportunity to be able together to go into God's word, to allow it to comfort us, to instruct us, to ground us, and uh, encourage us in a ways only God's word can. So if you have your Bible, please, if you can turn it to Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2. Um, I have picked uh, these ten, first 10 verses of the book of Ephesians because they tremendously discuss the life of a believer before coming to Christ and now his mercy after we have come to Christ and then the future, how God encourages us to participate in the amazing work of his grace. And I thought we can draw a lot of encouragement and life from here together. So Ephesians chapter 2 from verse, verse 1. This one says in my Bible, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived, in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, beloved, you have been saved and raised up with Christ and seated with him in heavenly places seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Jesus Christ. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that any one of us might boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Jesus Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should be able to walk in them. Beloved, I find three major truths that we can draw together from what I hear Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, which was a major business city and uh, commerce and trade. And so he's writing to this young church which has just been able to come together and uh, reminding them of uh, where they are coming from, where they are right now as a result of the mercy of God and uh, what, how they participate like you and me participate in the different work of ministry entirely by the gift and grace, the abundant grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so I thought we can pick out three truths that this word encourages us into this morning. Number one, he begins by saying, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom all once lived in the, among whom you all once lived in the passions of the flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, 
and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Beloved, truth number one that we can uh, pick from here. I wanted to remind us that when it comes, of course, everyone right now is caught up into the pandemic of COVID-19. When I hear what Paul is talking about here, he's almost reminding the believers, which I would like to do actually right now, reminding them that there is a worst pandemic. That pandemic is worse than coronavirus. It's worse than cancer. It is worse than any, any disease that we can AIDS, like in our situation here in Africa. And that pandemic, Paul says, that you are dead. Here, how he says, you are dead, not in coronavirus. You are dead in your trespasses. You are dead in your sins, which you once walked in. The word that is being used here in verse 1 is stronger and hostile than being testing positive to coronavirus. And that word he uses here, he, verse 1, he uses the word that you were dead. The death he's talking about here, beloved, he's talking about being separated from the original purpose or intention for our existence. For those of us who know the truth, we know that each one of us was created with an intention to know our God, to fellowship with him, to worship him, and to serve him. But we all know before we came to Christ, especially like in my situation, my concept of worship, if I worshipped at all, my concept of worship was worship of uh, my own ideas, my own mind, and I kind of created a God who would allow me to live any way I wished. And so the separation Paul is talking about here, the death, comes in about three categories that I believe we need to remind each other, especially in a time like now. When he talks about separation or death, he, I believe he's talking about like the three major deaths that, that, that we all need to be aware of, especially in a time like now. Death number one is physical death. Praise God for those of us who have believed God that we can take comfort in knowing that this is not the end of it all. As Hebrews puts it clearly, it says that it is appointed for every man to die once and after that first judgment, that death is where a man is separated from his physical body. That's death number one. Just as uh, how death is being reported in the US, in, in China, here in Africa, and in many parts of the rest of the world. That physical death even uh, in our situation here at King Jesus Church, when we've lost some dear brothers and sisters physically, it's, it's painful. But we take comfort in knowing that it is appointed for each one of us to die once, that there's nothing that can be done about it, even if it is not coronavirus, cancer can kill someone, or age, or AIDS, or anything, accident. So that death is appointed for every man. But here is the good news, that after that there is judgment. And uh, unfortunately for many people, the judge is their enemy. For us who have come to believe God, we thank God that after that we take comfort in knowing that after that death, the judge is our redeemer. The judge is our savior. Death number two, which is horrible. It happens actually 
and it is going on even right now in many people's life it is called spiritual death spiritual death is where a man is living physically yet apart from Christ and God this is a life where one is without God and Christ rejecting God rebelling against him and cursing God so that kind of death spiritual death is horrible and many people today doesn't matter Americans Africans Asians Europeans it doesn't matter many people are spiritually dead today and uh, in that category of spiritual death we have what you call the religious we have them everywhere these are worshiping a god of their own thoughts and notions they have rejected the god that jesus that is revealed by jesus christ such death is called spiritual death but people actually don't know all of us have been there before where we thought as long as i can give god 10 minutes as long as i can maybe do something I'm, I'm good I'm morally upright unfortunately these are very many everywhere these are many here these are many in the US these are many in Europe these are many in India these are many everywhere these are spiritually dead they have created a kind of God not the one that is revealed in the person and Savior Jesus Christ the final death that is horrible than actually physical death and spiritual death is called eternal death this is where man unfortunately shall have to be separated from God forever according to 2nd Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 9 hear how the word puts it it says they will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power that death is horrible that death either spiritual death or physical death or, 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 or eternal death is what paul is talking about here when he's reminding the believers in a way of even saying and actually that's why the proclamation and the preaching of the true gospel friends is very very different from any other gospel which is not actually gospel that is created by man to make people say oh you you're wonderful look within yourself you are marvelous you're beautiful do whatever you want God is happy with you that's not true Paul here is saying that sin is death it's something that separates man from God either physically or spiritually or eternally the, this is the worst pandemic and all of us friends I hope that we can go back and know that this diagnosis has to come in King Jesus Church in lifeline in every one single partner church of ours in our network and we are all aware of, of it secondly before Christ one lives Paul here says before Christ you lived in the trespasses and in sins we lived in a life of transgression and sins the second thing besides death we were dead but the second one is we were living a life of transgression and sins this is a life that puts a man in actually a process of death transgressed life here means to fall to sleep to blunder to deviate to turn aside or wander away and this person 
is the one you can say such a one has fallen from the right way or slipped from doing what he should or blunder has blundered away and fallen away from doing what he's supposed to be doing or he has deviated off the right road or has turned aside from what is right or wanders away from God and his righteousness friends I hope you can hear me from this one one of the many 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 blessings that I've enjoyed from being a partner of Lifeline over the years has been the blessing of being surrounded by brothers and sisters who are committed to the cause of the gospel. I would say they have spurred me and our King Jesus Church family towards the path of continuing towards good works and love. And for that, I'm forever, forever grateful from this our network and our partnership. The third aspect that I thought we can consider what Paul is talking about when he talks about a life before Christ, a life before knowing Jesus Christ, it is a life characterized by cravings and lusts. Here when the word says that you live from among them, they refer to the disobedient that, that has mentioned here. These are people who live in a nature of sinful lust, lust of the mind, things like immoral thoughts. The mind drives them towards anger and unbelief, uh, false beliefs. That's a life that characterized many of us before we came to Jesus Christ. The reality is that an unconverted man, someone who has not yet converted to the Lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ and his redemption, such a one lives to fulfill his desires, the desires of his nature, sinful nature his thoughts, his flesh, because that's all he has to live for. His life is not God-centered. It is self-centered. His life keeps everything as much as they can keep. They, they, do, they hold, almost like they live a life of holding. They have no clue that life is, we, we sacrificially give. They have no clue. So he's an enemy of God, how James describes it, in chapter 4 from verse 1 to verse 4. Such a life is enmity against God. Such a life lives under the wrath of God. In other words, one acts against God, not a child of God. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life. For God's wrath remains on him. Let me read this one before we cross to aspect number 2. Beloved. The life before, before Jesus Christ, it could be of an American, a Ugandan, African. I have seen it here tremendously. It's horrible. A life that is against God, a life that is set as an enemy against God. It's, it's, it's horrible. It could be of it. And, uh, and beloved, what I would ask to call us on to us to be able to see here is to see the reality that how we see people. I pray that we are able to see people in the pain, in the agony, in the temporality of, 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 of their state. And that state is the state of sin. We shouldn't see people. Uh, we keep saying it here at King Jesus Church. It's a horrible thing for the church to begin to see people either in a category of uh, educated, not educated, uh, 
Muganda, like here we have tribes. This tribe against this, this tribe or this tribe, or in America they are races. This white race or black race. That if people begin to see people from that category, they have lost it. They have missed it. Here, Paul sees people in the category of where they belong in sin. And when the church sees people in the category of either sin or redeemed, oh my world, there is no telling how the glorious good news of the gospel can penetrate sinners, but also encourage the redeemed to make sure they are not quiet and silent. Hear these words. And you are dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once, once you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom, those who are disobedient, we all once lived in the passions of our mind, whereby nature, children of wrath, like the rest of mankind, that is a state before knowing Jesus Christ. And this applies to all. All have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of a good God. Aspect number two, and with that's, this is where we thank God for the gospel. This is where we thank God for what Jesus Christ has done. Verse four, the Bible declares and says, but God, I love this one. This, this is almost like a get, giving hope. Beloved, this is the only hope when it comes to the issue of sin. The only hope for, unfortunately, many people are telling people that the hope, uh, the hope of their life is what, how they can think positive, how they can act right, how they can surround themselves with the right circle of people. No, 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 no. Here is the only hope, verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. For by grace you have been saved. Beloved, uh, and all of you wherever you are serving from, the only, the only, the only hope when it comes to the deadness of men in the state of their sin is not what we can do. There is nothing you and me can do. There is nothing in and of myself and the people here in Bissaka. There is nothing we can do to redeem ourselves from the deadness of our sin nature. But the scriptures here clearly puts it and says, but God who is full of mercy, the only hope when it comes to a dead sinner, number first and foremost is the mercy of God. Mercy of a merciful God. The one who feels pity. The one who feels compassion and affection. The one who feels kindness. God's mercy, beloved, is the only one which sees the need of a needy sinner and is drawn to meet it in the person of Jesus Christ dying for a death that a sinner like me deserved on a wretched cross. Many people have always asked me, Pastor Kajubi, what is the heart of the minist of ministry? What, 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 what skill should we have for an effective ministry? I always say, this is always my answer, and I pray that it can encourage you this morning. For me, I'm convinced that the heart of effective ministry, the heart of every ministry, is the one which meets the needs of 
the needy sinners by being faithful to give witness to the one who has met them with mercy and uh, and grace one of our founding slogans here at King Jesus Church that has kept us going for a long long time by the way we are celebrating 10 years now in this week which has encouraged us to keep going over the years has always been when you see a need in a brother in a sister do you see a burden or do you see a blessing that slogan has always kept us being reminded that listen we are not the merciful we are not the redeemers of the people that are needy but we are the ones that have been redeemed that have been shown mercy and as a result we can't help but to reach others with mercy heart number one for a minister that i think is 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 healthy is a heart of those that have been shown mercy and as a result they relentlessly want to extend it to those that are still in a state where they were before they found Christ. Number two aspect that I see here Paul is emphasizing but God who is rich in mercy and love. Our God is not only merciful but our God is a God who is love. A selfless and sacrificial love. A one of the mind. A one of reason. A one of will as well as the heart and affection. It goes so far loves a person even when he does not deserve to be loved loves and sacrifices itself even for his enemies beloved as paul says this you and me were enemies of god before coming to christ but even then the love of god reached to us that were enemies of god we live in a time where everyone is trying to show everyone how they are wonderful. You were genius. That's not true. We are we were enemies without hope. But the love of God reached out to reach us in that place. And if any ministry, any ministry that is healthy can fun whose leadership can function and team can run from the heart that breaks at the needs of sinners that need mercy and love that that in my language i call it a healthy effective ministry what should lead us what should guide us especially in the time we live in right now and many other challenging situations that i believe are coming ahead before the return of our savior jesus christ the effective ministries effective churches effective brothers and sisters are going to be those that have uh, that can go back to that place when they were beaten down desperate but remember a moment when god showed mercy touch them with mercy and his love and they can come from that place and reach out to people see those that are struggling see those that are agonizing it could be a deaf child here in busega uh in fact uh, over the last 10 years when we've uh, been with our deaf children every time i'm um, personally discouraged i climb up, up at the deaf school because i want to see that listen i'm one of these deaf children i'm one, just one of them i was in their place when 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 i was downtrodden and in need and only god could have reached to me in need i believe that should be the spirit that that for those of us that lead that should be the spirit that lead in ministry that should be the the heart that drives us into doing what we do 
I have already been so, so much encouraged, so much encouraged during this COVID-19 pandemic with outpourings of love and concern from brothers and sisters here at King Jesus Church and out of Lifeline who have acted to make sure we pray together, we encourage each other, provide to meet the needs of each other, to make sure we keep up together, even during these times that call for isolation and suffer it alone. May God's name be praised forever and ever. Aspect number three and the final one that I want to consider as we begin to wind down uh, here together. Look at verse number six. And what he did, he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Jesus Christ. So that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Jesus Christ. For by grace you've been saved through faith that this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works so that any one of us can boast but so that we are reminded that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should be able to walk in them the third and final aspect that I wanted to actually challenge you and challenge me in this hour is to remind you that God's grace does not meet us when we are dead only to redeem us from deadness. He's, not only does his mercy reach us to bring us back to life, but his mercy and his grace equips us, empowers us to be his hands, to be his voice, to be his eyes to become his agents everywhere we are and you ask me pastor Kajubi, what what would be the what what should be the 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 the, the, the encouragement and what should, what what are like the next steps because every one of us is asking what are the next steps that which you don't know and i i know we know that the one that is needed like never before is the one that you have and i have and his grace invites us to participate, to participate in the work of his grace, knowing that we've been saved by his grace and faith. We can't help but to proclaim that same to many fellow sinners all around us. You ask me, so what, what should we praying about? What, where, how, where should we direct our energy? Our energy should be directed towards the proclamation to, to, to find ourselves, where, where do I belong? How do I participate? And we participate in the proclamation of the salvation. That is a free gift of God. It is by grace alone that no man should be able to boast about it. There is nothing. Hear me, friends. There is nothing. Again, one more time. There is nothing whatsoever that any man can do to save himself. He cannot earn it. He cannot win or merit salvation. All man can do is to accept a true offer of God's salvation. As according to Romans chapter 11 and verse 6. May we proclaim that. May we be able not to sit back. May we be the asking. May we sit down right now with our pens and papers and ask ourselves, how am I effectively communicating? How am I effectively, where is my place in the proclamation 
of the salvation by grace alone. Number two, the salvation that we are to proclaim is the salvation received by faith alone. Romans chapter 4 verse 2 from to verse 5 puts it clear that man must believe just what God says and accept his word. Accept his free offer of salvation. And after that, behold, the dead man in sin by faith in a good God who has paid all the price that you and me deserve to pay by dying for our sins. Christ Jesus has done that. And as we proclaim that, as we repent of our deadness in sin, put our trust in a Savior. The Spirit of the Lord causes us to come alive and come alive in a hope and salvation that is only coming from our Lord and Jesus Christ. Beloved, where is our place for the next steps? I believe with all my heart that the proclamation of this gospel moving forward together as a team, either here at King Jesus Church or in India or in Ukraine or in USA or in Liberia or in Haiti, anywhere you're ministering from or serving from, moving forward, I believe with all my heart that this is going to have to call upon all of us to operate and function together as a team. The proclamation of the gospel for many, I believe it is going to mean giving. For many, it is going to mean speaking. For many, it is going to mean like what Lifeline has been doing so much in, in uh, coming alongside us, in equipping others. Proclamation of God, of, of the gospel, like how it is needed, it is definitely going to be to many of us, it's going to mean maybe taking care of many other vulnerable people that are going to definitely be made vulnerable either as a result of death or as a result of uh, isolation and people suffering from, from depression and sin. This is going to take all of us pulling together and asking in this time, where is my place? How am I serving? How, wh wh where is my involvement? Is my involvement in giving? Is my involvement in, in planting, church planting? Is my involvement in, uh, in, 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 in going after rejected, left for nothing, good for nothing? People groups say they like the deaf and blind. What, whatever this is going to look like, I pray that you and me moving forward are not going to play indifferent. But this which has been done to us will be faithful to be witnesses for it. I love you all my friends and so encouraged and spurred to do good works by all your obedience to the cause of the gospel. Proud in this life to call you my brothers and sisters. May his grace abound to you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? 
please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.